Welcome to Get Your Book Seen and Sold. I am your host, Claudine Wolk. You can find me at my Substack account, claudinewolk.substack.com. We're talking all about publishing and book marketing. If you have decided that you want to write a book and you're trying to figure out how to publish it, or maybe you've already written a book and you're trying to figure out how to market it, this is the podcast slash Substack for you. Our goal is to give you great tips, by example in some cases, to help you get your book seen and sold. So join us through the newsletter or the podcast today and get your book seen and sold. With us today is Cheryl Bass. She holds a master's degree in social work and journalism and has studied child development She's an author of a brand new book called Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze, and it's for children. She's going to talk to us about that today and also her publishing journey. She resides outside, just outside Chicago with her husband and two terriers. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for having me. So the book is called Baby Dragon's Big Sneeze. It was published in October of 2022. Congratulations. Thank you so much. So tell us about the book itself. Okay. Well, um, the idea came to me about 13 years ago. I was walking along and I sneezed. It was a really big sneeze. And I had the absurd thought, you know, it's a good thing I'm not a dragon because this would have done a lot of damage. <laughs> and I thought, oh, well, that's a great idea for a children's story. So I sat down and wrote it and um, didn't do anything with it, kind of sat on it. And then a couple of years ago, started trying to get it traditionally published, uh, you know, with, by, sent it to publishing houses and to literary agents. Nothing really happened. Nothing came of it. And um, so then I decided to self-publish it. And um, that's that's what happened. And the, the story is about a baby dragon who's flying around, having a great time, gets a cold somehow, sneezes and accidentally burns down a village. <laughs> And all of the villagers are very angry with him and they're ready to attack him. But a little girl, it doesn't seem, uh, it doesn't make sense to her. Why would he suddenly do this? If he's been getting along with everybody just fine, why would he suddenly plan an attack? So even though she's mad, she still goes to his cave and tries to confront him and ask him why he did this. So I don't want to give too much away, but she ends up becoming sort of the heroine of the story. She saves the dragon, saves the town. Um, all because she doesn't make assumptions. She wants to find out what's going on before she um, assumes something about someone else. So that's one of the messages in my story. It seems that so many people have the dream to write a children's book. And I love how you got your idea. And it's just as simple as that, right? You, you, mm -hmm. you sneeze and, and, and the idea came to you. The book mm -hmm. is beautifully illustrated. Tell us about your illustrator. And by the way, audience, you can get the book wherever you buy books. Right. So, um, so Amazon.com, uh, Walmart.com, Target.com, and BarnesandNoble.com. And um, so, and on my website, through my website, www.be-kindpublishing.com. So be kind publishing with a hyphen between the B and the kind. Um, can you ask me your question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned all that. So, excuse me, be-kindpublishing.com. 
com. They can buy the book there directly or they can find out more about you. So that's terrific. What was my question? Let's see. I'm losing my mind too. Um, <laughs> oh, the illustrator. It's oh, beautifully yes. okay. illustrated. So, okay. So I, as I said, I, I self-published it. But self-publishing nowadays is a little bit of a misnomer. Um, I thought when I was going to self-publish this book that I'd be completely on my own. I'd have to buy some big book called Self-Publishing for Idiots or similar. And I'd be, you know, having to do that. However, I'm a member of the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, SCBWI, and Children's Book Insider, CBI. And both of them have videos that members can watch for free. So I watched this video, um, and April Cox, a woman who has a company called Self-Publishing Made Simple, she offers she walks people through the whole process of self-publishing their first book so she helps you um you know gets on a zoom call with you and helps you uh put your uh your work through the library of congress to get it copyrighted she has vendors that she works with like illustrators that are responsive and good at what they do and that give you the rights to the illustrations after the work the the book is finished so with the illustrator, she had 12 vendors that she worked with. She gave me the websites of all of them. I looked through all of their work. I found my four top that I liked the best. And then she said, okay, pay. let's pay each of them $50 and have them each sketch the same image, the same um, scene from your book. And then just decide which one you like the best that did the same from the same scene. So you're comparing apples to apples. They're all doing the same scene. So that's what I did. And then I was able to limit it down to two, to hone it down to, to my top two from there. And then I used my friends and family as a focus group. And I, especially those that had kids and grandkids. And I said, who, which dragon do you think is better and why? You know, and then the dragon that won was uh, Remesh Ram's dragon. And Remesh Ram is with a company called Pryan Animation and they're excellent. So I'm going to use him again. I have other books, some in my head um, and some are in rough draft stages. And he's going to be my illustrator from now on. Fantastic. What a great process. You're going to be helping a lot of people. And I'll bug you for those resources later so that I can put them in the show notes. Great. So going back to the the, the book and the messages of the book, I've read that because I've never written a children's book, that it's important when you're sharing lessons through a children's book to children that it has to be subtle. Yeah. So I'm curious as an author, how do you thread that needle to get your mm -hmm. your lessons through but have it not be over the head and then still entertaining? Hmm. Um that that is difficult. Um but I think if you have characters that are non-threatening and cute and and you add humor, um that can be done in a way that it's not um, you know, hitting them over the head. Um, with the messages. So they are subtle, um, but it's subtle enough that I really encourage parents after they read this to their children to have a discussion afterwards. So for example, in one scene, um, the dragon realizes that he burned down this village with his sneeze and he's horrified that he did this. And so he sits down and writes an apology note. So the parent can discuss with the child afterwards, what did the dragon do after he realized he made this mistake? Well, he wrote an apology note. Okay, why is it important to apologize after you've done something wrong? You know, so accountability, you know, teaching kids those those types of things, uh, having that discussion afterwards is very important. Neat. I love that. So, and, and from reading the book myself, there are several themes that, mm -hmm. that come through there. 
mm-hmm. but it was also enjoyable for me to read, which I love as a parent. You know, a Thank little bit you. of, and yeah. you know, a grandparent, a little bit of both is fantastic. Right. I wanted it to be, you know, I grew up on Sesame Street and I've watched it in later years. And there's some of the humor and things like Shrek do, do the same thing. The, the movie Shrek and all of the sequels, they have humor in there for adults that kind of flies over the head of the children. But uh, because the parents are having to sit and watch it with their children and then the children are also entertained. So it's it, it's entertaining on a couple of different levels. And I, I really wanted to do that with with my story as well. That's awesome. So this you mentioned this is your first book. I'm wondering yes. um, you have a, you said you have a few um, other books in you, but when you first decided to write a children's book, did you know about all the and I, I don't want to use the word rules, but there are certain kind of guidelines when writing a book uh, in terms of um, the for a certain age group, the book should be a certain number of pages or it should be a certain number of words or this amount of illustration or not an amount of illustration, depending on the age of the child that the book is directed to. So did you have all those things in mind or did you just write? I just wrote and it was about 400 something words. And um, and then I got editors and the editors helped me with the pagination, you know, and some of the parts of my story are two pages, like, like a two page spread of an illustration with just the words on one side, you know, and um, I didn't follow all the rules. And that's one of the beautiful things about self-publishing, for example. And part of the reason I wanted, frankly, that I wanted this done last year was I turned 50 so that I wanted that milestone. (laughs) I wanted to have a book published by the time I turned 50. But also my father was very ill last year and I really wanted him to be able to hold the book in his hands before he passed away. Um, unfortunately, he didn't make it to the day of publication. He passed away on September 4th and it published on October 19th. He got to see the illustrations in black and white. He didn't get to, get to see them in color. But I was able to dedicate the book to him. Now, in a traditional children's picture book, they don't allow a dedication. You don't have a dedication or acknowledgments in a picture book. But I did that. I had both. And I was able to do that to honor him. Um, and that was another one of the, the reasons that I really... Um, I'm a proponent of self-publishing. Oh, let's go down that road because we have a huge interest in self-publishing. So tell us how you made the decision. Did you try to send the book to agents and publishers first? Yes, I sent to a lot. I sent to probably about 50 um, literary agents and publishing houses. And I came to learn through a lot of my research that a lot of publishing companies have very small imprints and very small, you know, numbers or they have like a quota of how many um, picture books they can take in a year. So say a publishing house has maybe 10 um, picture books that they can take in a year. Well, Jimmy Fallon, uh, um, you know, uh, what's her name who did uh, All I Want for Christmas is You um, and um, Seth Meyers and Reese Witherspoon. Um, all of them have written children's picture books within the last year or year and a half. Now, if those publishing houses are approached by them, of course they're gonna they're gonna publish a book by somebody who already already has name recognition and their own fan base, and they can go on nighttime television um, and promote their book. So, someone like me, um, you know, doesn't really have as much of a chance to get in there. Um, so. The wonderful thing about self-publishing is it levels the playing field for regular folks who who have a story inside them and they just want to get it out to the world. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you um, found an editor. Yes. 
And that was somebody that you, maybe a resource that you hired? Yes. And I found actually, I used two different editors. Um, the first editor I used mainly for my developmental edit, and her name was Laura Bonchi, B-O-N-T-J-E. I found her actually through a Facebook group. And there are Facebook groups for everything. Um, you think you have a rare disease, type in the name of the disease in Facebook and there's a group for it, you know, like almost a digital support group where other people can give you the names of good doctors and resources and things like that. Well, it's the same way with self-publishing. So you can type in self-publishing or um, children's picture books or whatever. And there are groups of people all over the world and you can type in. And so I typed in, you know, I had a question that I typed into one of these Facebook self-publishing groups. And I said, well, how do you find an editor that is not going to steal your idea? And then Laura Bonchi responded and, and I said, do I have to do a non, non-disclosure agreement? And she said, well, that's more in the business world. Um, that that actually um, alerts people that you're a greenhorn if you try to make them sign a non-disclosure agreement in this in this realm. Um, if your editor is a part of these groups like um, SCBWI uh, and or Children's Book Insider, things like that, if they ha- are parts of those groups, if they were to steal your idea, they would be um, their reputation would be mud, you know, because everybody talks, everybody knows everybody um, and so on. So. So that was enough for me. Her her response and was was well thought out. And I went to her website and and she had really good testimonials and things like that. And so I gave her a chance. And she offered me like a three thirty minute um, discussion with her or or free first run of edits. And I was so impressed with her edits. Um, and the developmental edit is mainly to find holes in your story. So for example, she looked at my book and she said. Well, why is, isn't the dragon's parents helping him? If he's got a cold, why is he trying to talk to the villagers about helping him? And so then I realized that was a big hole in my story that I didn't even realize I was too close to it. So then I had to add a few lines saying that he hatched all alone in this den um, and sneezed, but he tried not to do it again because um, it rhymes. Um, and so uh, so so that was the main work of Laura Bonchi. And then as I got down further um into the nitty-gritty of it um another editor that was that is one of april cox's um vendors named um bobby hinman she is an award-winning children's book writer and she also is an editor and she's very good with rhyme and meter and she really helped me make sure that everything when it's read out loud that no matter what kind of accent somebody has or whatever that it's going to still the meter is still going to be consistent throughout so um, definitely, even if you only have a 400 word children's picture book, it's worth the investment of having hiring an editor. Yeah, that was my next question. Uh, reasonably priced and you don't have to get specific. Um, I believe it was something like two hundred dollars wow. for um, for for Laura. And I had her do three different edits. So it's it's different prices for however many edits you have and how many edits they think it needs, what mm-hmm. level of editing. There's different levels of editing. So there's like the developmental editing, which I told you about. And then there's the meter kind of editing, which is for rhyming stories. If you're, of course, you don't need that if it's not a rhyming story. So you can discuss that with the editor, but both of them are were fantastic. That's great. You know, in book marketing, that's one of the things that I always tell anyone I consult with, which is when you're looking at your budget, you just cannot not have an editor. It, it is yes. non-negotiable. You have to yes. have, a, 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 and it can't be your Aunt Sally. It's right. got to be somebody who's trained to do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Terrific. The um, 
publishing company you created is Be Kind Publishing, and you mentioned uh, off-air that you used Ingram Spark as your distributor. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because a lot of my audience doesn't really even understand what distribution is and how important it is to pick the right type of distribution based on your publishing goals. Right. Well, right now it's mainly Amazon and Ingram Spark that are the main that I know of that are the main ways to distribute. Uh, if you just do Amazon, it's only going to be available on Amazon. Ingram Spark is what allows it to be available on the Barnes and Noble website, uh, Walmart.com, Target.com. Um, the soft covers are through Amazon and the hard covers are through Ingram Spark. Now, the when a person is um, a, a, pay, a customer goes to Amazon.com and types in Baby Dragon Big Sneeze, they see choices of paperback, ebook, or hardcover. From their perspective, they believe that they're getting the hardcover from Amazon. They to, to the purchaser, it doesn't look any different, but it's really going through Ingram Spark. So it's going through other, and Amazon does do that. They use other vendors for certain things. Um, and it's still, you know, I guess it still comes in an Amazon box and you wouldn't, you wouldn't know any different from the, as from the purchaser side, but Ingram Spark is, is the biggest one. And it's, it's important to do that. And I think they also have something to do with allowing it to be in libraries. You're correct so, there. Yes, um, that's so, true. So that can be important. And, and bookstores. Yes. And bookstores, yes. So, mm-hmm. so as a publisher, you signed up with Ingram Spark and with Amazon. So, when you go on, when the first couple of weeks after I published my book, when you click on hardcover, it says something like "sold out, not available." You can pre-order or something like that on for the hardcovers. But everyone was able to get the paperback for a few weeks, and then the hardcovers were available, but at a higher price than what I wanted them priced at. And April tried to explain this to me. She said that some um, vendors try to price it higher before it solidifies somehow as as the eighteen ninety nine price that I wanted it to be. So initially, first it wasn't. It said not available. Then it says um, available twenty one dollars or something like that. So, so no one was really buying it at that price. But then, you know, after almost a month, then the hardcovers showed up on Amazon as available and at eighteen ninety nine, which is what I wanted them priced at. I don't really understand the ins and outs and the magic of how, but that's part of the joy of working with April because she's my Yoda. She was the one who, you know, um, I would get on Zoom calls with her I, and she would upload my story to these sites like Ingram Spark and Amazon and all of that. And I would just sort of watch in awe as she would plop my Word document and or my PDF or my whatever into all of these things. So Right. So, so just for the audience that each of those distribution platforms require your manuscript to be in a certain format. And that's what it sounds like this uh, gal did for you. So yes. that she, they would properly be uploaded. So that's important. And ebooks are a little different from print, print books as well in terms of the format of the manuscript. So um, this, the gal, April, tell me again her, uh, the company name? Um, self-publishing Made Simple. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So we'll check into that and put that in the show notes as, as well. Uh, right. How important is it, do you think, to be a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and, and Illustrators 
or children's book insider? Like for a new author who's listening, how important is, because you can go crazy with all the things that you think you have to do. How important is it to be part of those industry um, organizations? Well, CBI, Children's Book Insider, is not as well known as SCBWI, but SCBWI is is huge. It's sort of like um, being a member of the American Psychological Association if you're a psychologist or being a member of the American Medical Association if you're a doctor. You know, it's it's it is the if you want to call yourself a children's book writer, you really need to be a member of that. They um, alert you about their contests through them that you can enter, even if you're self-published and you can win awards, win some prize money and some clout. There's also um, retreats and conferences that you can go to. There's also many online. There's webinars and then there's those free videos that you can watch to learn different things. And then you can find other people to connect with. You get a newsletter and they talk about um, different uh, do interviews with different um, people who are different publishers and illustrators and so on. Um, uh, CBI has uh, in their newsletter, they have a section called Above the Slush Pile, where they send you information about literary agents and or um, or publishing houses where you don't require an agent in order to submit. And you if you say I'm a member of CBI or you, you know, you email them, um, they will take your um, they will look at your your pitch. Uh, manuscript first, or, or you know, before query, anyone right. else's, because you're in this above the slush pile. Um, you know, it kind of gives you a leg up. So you would um, you would say they were? It's definitely worthwhile. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. I agree. Um, in terms of book marketing, so you you decided to self publish, and you had you know your manuscript, your illustrator, you had everything edited properly, and then then you've got to market the thing. Yes. So I'm curious what. Is the market because you're very good at it? Your materials to me were fantastic in pitching. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, so, did you had you? Is that something that you uh, w- you were doing all along as you were writing through the process of creating the book, or is it something that you thought about after the book was pretty well done? Well, I thought about it beforehand, but I didn't actually start doing it until there was something to promote. So. Um, You know, for example, the cover design was only done a couple of days. It was finished a couple of days before the whole story was done and ready to be uploaded onto Amazon and Ingram Spark. So once I had the book cover, I was able to put that into a press release. I do PR for a living. So that part, um, I was able to create a pitch and a press release. One, I work for several different entities. One of the entities I work for is called Claire McKinney PR, and they specialize in doing PR for book authors, traditionally published and um, self-published, not just children's books, but all different types of books. And so I have been for the last since 2018, since I started working for her, I've been um, promoting other people's books. And so um, and before that, I've been doing PR for other things. I've been doing PR for the last 15 plus years. So that piece I know how to do, the earned media, you know, getting myself or somebody else on podcasts, radio, TV, those sorts of things, the earned media. But the advertising piece, I'm just as green as anybody else. I I don't really understand um, about, you know, what keywords are magical to use and that sort of thing. (laughs) So um, so everybody has areas that there are their strengths and and they're not as strong on. And so um, 
Great. So yeah, I've been heavily using my PR skills and learning along the way about the paid advertising. So that that was um, inter- the, another question I was going to ask you is about where, the starting point because mm-hmm. it sounds like you started on the the press release, you know, media kit side. Yes. And then um, now you're you're working on the other. Another piece of promotion that's so important, I think, is reviews. And you have a lot of them. Um, How important would you say it is? And is there any trick for getting reviews for your book? Yes. Okay. So I'm about to reveal a trick to getting reviews. So, um, (laughs) so um, first, I got reviews from friends and and family members that read the book and liked it. Family members, um, either their Amazon name has to not be the same as your last name, <laughs> or they can use just their initial or something like that there as a review name that's not the same as... I, I laugh, but you know, it's such a great point, Cheryl, because they'll, they won't post it. Yes. Amazon right. will not so post like it. My, I kept my my parents, you know, even though I'm married, I don't have my husband la- husband's last name. I have my family of origin last name. So my, my mother and my nephews and so on, we all have the same last name. So um, if they wanted to uh, publish something, uh, publish a review for me, they would need to use some kind of a nickname or something uh, to get around that in Amazon. So I started with that. Then I found out about a website called Pubby, P-U-B-B-Y dot co, C-O, not com, but co, Pubby.co. And it's a really ingenious kind of website. Basically, you upload your book to it, and then you ask for reviews from other people. The other people you're asking for reviews from are other authors that are new, that are trying to get reviews. So what happens is um, you pay uh, an annual fee if, or you could do it free for 10 days. Um, but but I would I, I think it's worth doing the annual fee. It's only like two hundred dollars for the annual fee. Um, and you can get about uh, four reviews um, every week and for new reviews. And what happens is you agree to read other people's stuff and review theirs on Amazon. And then you earn these things called snaps. And those that's sort of the currency of the website. And then you turn in those snaps in exchange for reviews from other people. So it's not an exact quid pro quo. You're not getting a review from the same person that you are reviewing. So you don't have to worry about, oh, if I give them not a great review, they're going to review my book and not review it well. It's not it's not an exact. Uh, so if I, like Cla- uh, Claudine, if I reviewed your book, um, then I get points and I can review someone else's book with those, you know, or they can review, I get the points and I can have someone review my book in exchange for for reading your book. That's just about the coolest thing I ever heard. Yes, yes. And that gets around the Amazon rules um, about these kind of quid pro quo relationships and stuff. So it's really ingenious how they do that. So it's new authors helping each other. And I only read... I mean, it, 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 it's, it's you do it so that you have you don't want to take too much time. So I you can see how many how many words the other books are. So I only choose children's fiction and children's nonfiction as the books that I review. So I'm reviewing things that are a thousand words or less. So I'm not taking too much time. I'm taking maybe a half an hour um, every week to review other people's stuff, earning these snaps, turning them in. And then people review my book and I get these other reviews. There's also something called NetGalley, which is another place you can get reviews. And um, uh, you can have a relationship with Books Go Social. And they have a relationship with NetGalley. And Books Go Social can do ads for you. Um, 
And so I've worked with them and then had some reviews through NetGalley. How about the um, traditional, thank you for all those fabulous tips, by the way. Sure. Uh, How about traditional or more like a book industry type reviews? Did you submit that? I am getting myself through databases that I have access to as a PR professional. So, um, you know, I have a database and, and I can look for reporters in any kind of topic area. So I can choose the topic of book reviews. So reporters whose beat is book reviews, I can um, send them my pitch and my press release. And in my pitch, I I explain a little bit about the book. And I say, um, so the pitch is sort of the preamble to the press release, to the formal press release, um, where I introduce myself, I introduce a little bit about the book. And I say, you know, if you'd like um, a digital copy of the book, I'm happy to send that to you. Or I can snail mail you a hard copy of the book. Um, and then under, you know, please see my my press release under my signature line for more information. And then they they email me and say, yeah, I'd like a digital copy. And I send it to them and then they they can write a review. So, so and then there's some that you pay for a review like Kirkus, I think, is like a four hundred dollar. You can pay for a review for for them. Right. So, so a question on the reviews uh, when you pitch and this is kind of getting in the weeds, but I know some of our listeners are at that point. When you you're sending an email pitch, correct? Yes. And are you embedding the press release in the email or sending yes. it as an attachment? Not attachment. I just stick it underneath my signature line in the in the pitch. I mean, that in is. the body of the email, so that I because sometimes people spam filters don't like attachments, so I don't do it in an attachment. Got it. Okay, very important. This is so exciting. There's so much information that you're giving. I'm just going to announce you again. We're we're speaking with Cheryl Bass. She's an author of a, a new book that came out in October called Big. I'm sorry, Baby Dragons, Big Sneeze, and she is the owner of Be Kind Publishing. You can find her at b kindpublishing dot com. Um, your background as a social worker to bring it back to the book. Uh huh. What? How did that help you in creating and writing the book? Well. Um... I studied a lot of uh, child development courses in my my social work program. So knowing developmentally about what age group this would work for, even though I don't have kids myself, I, I still kind of had a sense of that um, without having to have kids myself, um, just from my child development background. Um, I knew that I wanted pro-social values taught to children. I really believe that children's minds are more open to that sort of thing. And it's much harder to uh, learn these types of pro-social values as you get older. So, for example, themes in my story include sharing of resources, teamwork, giving others the benefit of the doubt, apologizing when you do something wrong. All of those are themes in the in the book. Um, and those types of themes, there's there's a term that's kind of being thrown around um, educational um, field nowadays, um, social emotional learning, SEL, is a term that's kind of used a lot now um, to refer to um, books and lessons and curriculum, you know, that has to do with those types of pro-social values, that when you get older, these are the types of things that employers look for. These are the soft skills, the intangibles. And a lot of kids are actually kind of behind now in those types of things because say you have a seven-year-old the last three years they've been at home because of covid they've missed those three years of learning the give and take that comes from interacting with other kids in the classroom and so on so um 
So I really feel that those lessons are really important. And so I, because all of my stories are going to have those types of messages in some form or another, I decided to name my own publishing company, Be Kind Publishing. And that's also sort of a riff on the expression, it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Mm. And I feel like in our society, we put a lot of um, emphasis on fame and fortune and um, that I really wanted to get back to these basic values of kindness to others reciprocity, you know, sharing, all of those types of things. So that's why I created Be Kind Publishing. It really is a fantastic book. I laughed out loud and I, Thank you. I wrote you the email back right away as soon as I <laughs> as soon as I read it. It was fantastic. What's next? Well, that's something I, I need to decide. I'm going to email um, Bobby Hinman and get she's the editor and decide I have one story that's almost done, but it has to do with a dog. It's it's a um uh, a children's book based on an, in uh, my own, a dog that I had that that had a lot of behavioral issues, um, and it has to do with you know giving the dog you know being patient in your training, positive training, giving others time and patience, um, and the other in this story is the dog. But um, April has published some dog books, and she has worked with just last year. She got a hundred people self-published through her help. Um, just in the last year. Um, and she said, if, if you're okay with this, then that's that's fine. But there are a lot of dog picture book um, stories out there right now. It's it's sort of, um, it, you may not do as well in sales as you do with a dragon book. What does really well right now is um, Christmas books, interestingly. She said she had one of her um, clients made something like $40,000 from October to December with a children a, a a um children's christmas book that they wrote and that was their first book and they so christmas books do really well um i want to do a sequel about the dragon and i have an idea of what's going to happen to him next um i don't know if that's going to be my second book or if i'm going to do a, my second book either being about this dog that i had and i've already got the rough draft written or um something else that i've already written um that has to do with gratitude so it's going to be one of those three things. It's going to be my next book. Nice. And it's so nice that you set up your own publishing company so you can easily do that. And you've been through the process of the nuts and bolts. So you can focus on the create creative and marketing side. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing them. We hope you come back. Any chance you would be interested in coming back to talk to us about um, other book marketing tips and tricks? Sure, absolutely. Fantastic. And where do you want people to go find you? What's your favorite social? Hmm. Well, I'm on Instagram um, at be.kind.publishing. And I'm on Facebook at be-kind-publishing, which is the same name as the website. Terrific. Um, so. All right. I'll put all that information in the show notes and hopefully some of the resources that you mentioned as well. There were so many. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for your time. Congratulations on the book. And we hope you come back and see us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Get Your Book Seen and Sold with Claudine Walk, my Substack account, claudinewalk.substack.com. Sign up for my newsletter today.